It made for a funny intro last time. The fact that we missed like yeah. 10 minutes of the podcast. Yeah. I didn't hit record. <laughs> um, that's some old school shit. I haven't done that since we first started the podcast. I was trying to think of it afterwards. And it, I remember it definitely been a while, yeah. Because I had done it like three times early on. Yeah. One time, I don't even think I told you guys. I just jumped. <laughs> I made a new intro and I just made that the episode start. It was like 10 minutes in. It was what it was. Um, anyway, Pound Town Podcast, Will Burge, Brian Kenny. We're presented by Barstool Sports. We're powered by live mixtapes, and uh, we're at the farm in downtown Cleveland in the flats. It's humid. It's humid outside. It's humid in here. Yeah, it's hot in here. But, I don't care for this. Yeah, but they're they're not open, so they're not placating us. Anymore. Yeah, they're usually not worried about us. It's usually ice cold in this place, too. I love it. Me, too. It's, it's fantastic. usually a delicious oasis. Today, not so much. Yeah, it feels like... Uh, you ever, Remember when you took the trips to like, the rainforest as a kid? Like, yeah. That's what it feels like in here. It does. It's fucking hot. It feels like we are in Texas now. Instead of, but instead of like the fake rainforest trees of the rain, it's just like fake cowboy shit. Downtown thought pussy juice from the ceiling. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> That's what it is. Uh, we got a ton to talk about today. We have not spoken to you guys since the Jose fight, so we are going to rewind back there because oh boy, do I have thoughts. Oh, I'm so excited about it. So excited to talk about yeah. this, and I'm hope none of you guys are. Sick of hearing about it because I can't get enough of the content. I have not stopped. It's the best. It's I, the I've best. like searched his name, Jose Ramirez's name on Twitter four or five times a day. <laughs> it's fantastic. I mean, like, that's what I did Saturday night is oh, like, yeah. that happened. And for the rest of the night, I just I just kept refreshing and refreshing <laughs> and reading everything. It, it's awesome. Uh, the Hall of Fame game happened and Joe Thomas went into the Hall of Fame. Great speech. Yeah, great speech. I don't know how much there's to talk about from the game, but we'll talk about it a little bit, I guess. Man's, the Manziel documentary came out. You started watching it. Yeah. And like most things that we do, we don't have a complete thought on it yet, but we're just going to wing it. It's going to go. <laughs> what percentage of the documentary would you say you've watched so far? Uh, probably 80%. Perfect. That's all we need for it. That's a B minus. Yeah. That's yeah, all we need. B minus. Yeah. yeah. That's all we need for a, a very uninformed opinion. And obviously the Reddit story of the week. We'll get to that as well. But first and foremost, we got to talk about the like unbelievable news. Oh, by the way, boat update. We are a boat podcast now. The Hood Time 3 is about to go by. Oh, yeah. Not looking great. Nope. She's looking a little rough. That, is that the nope. one they're retiring? Or is it the other one they're retiring? I have no idea. I think, that's, I think they're retiring. Oh, no, I think they're retiring the Nautica Queen. The new one's over there. There's a new one? Yeah. It's, uh, I can't remember the name of it. Who, who likes these? The Saucy who goes Bay on these? Or something. I went on one in Cincinnati. But I'm talking these. I mean, the hood time is a good time. <laughs> or you could say the good time is a hood time. However you, however you want to play it. You go on the weekend, it is fun, and it is a little ratchet. I Sarah's like uh, company, apparently, before she worked there, um, had their Christmas party on one of them. And uh, the one smelly old guy that she worked with for a long time uh, brought a prostitute. His Hell day. yeah. yeah. <laughs> good for him. So he was the talk of the office for a while. How did they know for sure she was a prostitute? I mean, you could just tell. They knew. Okay. Yeah. They just knew. Yeah. He's never spoke of any other significant other, and all of a sudden he's got a 24 No, he has old. a significant other. Oh, and he, and and he, he brought, brought her. her. <laughs> yeah. He brought the significant other and the prostitute, no, or just the prostitute? Just the prostitute. Okay. Yeah. Well, at least he's sparing people's feelings, I guess. <laughs> Sarah did not care for that guy. <laughs> how, uh, how old was he? In his 70s. Whoa. Yeah, yeah he could do whatever he wants. Mm. What, what's the line when you get to and people are just like, fuck it, let him do what he wants? I'd say it's in the 80s. I think the 70s, you should still be held accountable. I mean, depending on what your ailments are, like if, if you are slipping into any sort of dementia or Alzheimer's, 
Like that's when it's definitely like, okay, you do whatever you want. We can't stop this. <laughs> we'll put you in a home though. <laughs> um, but like once you're in your eighties, even if you're with it mentally, it's like they can do whatever they want. Yeah, they, they made it this far. They don't have a lot of time left. And here's the thing: let e- them do heroin legally. Even in the se- in their seventies, depending on where you are in your seventies, if you're still in the workforce, I feel like you might be able. You should be able to apply for some kind of card that. People are like, wait a second, did you bring a prostitute? And you're like, uh-huh. And you pull out the card, they're like, all right, you've been through some shit, brother. You bring anybody you want on this boat. Here's some drink tickets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's good for a couple free drink tickets and for no one to judge you for bringing the prostitute to the Christmas party. Yeah, I, you guys, yeah dude, if you're still working in your 70s, that fucking sucks. Oh, she hated that guy. He yeah. like he reeked and he was really mean. Well, he smelled and he was mean. He, and he, sm- he smelled of like old man and just not... Proper hygiene on top of cigars. Oh, yeah, those are those are bad smells that compound oh, each yeah. other. Yeah, well, you think you think it was bad working with them? Imagine being the girls getting paid to fuck them. That's even that's way worse. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a terrible job well, that I is. I hope she made her nut that night. Because Lord <laughs> well, knows he made his. Yeah. Well, we don't even know. Blue pill, you never know. Couldn't I never believe know. that he believe he nutted that night. I want to think that. I'd like to think that he earned that Christmas I think nut. he did, yeah. <laughs> it was a Christmas miracle. Every, every time a creepy old man nuts into a prostitute, an angel gets his wings. How long? So a, a good time cruise is probably what? 90 minutes, two hours, Christmas party? I don't know. What does that last? More longer than that? Fuck if I know. I don't know why you'd want to be on a boat in the wintertime, but all right, let's just, did it. Let's just say two hours. Uh-huh. What do you think it cost him? Because he also is going to have to pay for any fucking time afterwards. So I don't know if there's different escort rates versus fucking rates. I don't know how that works. And I don't know if technically escort rates are higher because legally they're able to get around what they do Wait, because they the, the sex thing? is free. No, an escort is just like technically like a date, but it's almost like a, I mean, it's like a stripper. A, oh. lot, a lot of strippers okay. do have sex and will do prostitution things, but they're not just pure prostitutes. An escort... And escort services are illegal because it's just the company that you're paying for. Mm. I guess technically they have the sex be free and men pay rates for just their company. And you know a lot about this, Brian. I watch cops. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm well read really, on you escort really think services. I, the way I am that I drop money on prostitutes? No, never, absolutely not. That would never happen. Um, but I, I guess there's also a loophole of like, with, with prostitutions things, I definitely saw this on cops. Um, if you say that you want to shoot it for porn, you could pay somebody for sex. Really? That's a loophole, and that's that's just but, good, but you know. The, but then if you have it on camera, out there. yeah, if you have that on camera, I I would imagine then you are allowed to post that, and then the prostitute isn't going to get any of the. Uh, the residual income that could come off of a, a video like that. Well, I doubt the prostitutes really, unless they're like high end. I mean, if you if you have a street prostitute, they are not business savvy enough to want residuals. Hey, dude, it's it's 2023. You don't know. They might have OnlyFans. They might have... Then they wouldn't be on the street. They might have trademarked their own name. Maybe they're just that big of hustlers. How they do just, strip clubs still get women? I don't know, man. I'm talking to some people around town who run uh, certain strip clubs. It's very hard right now. I would imagine just, it's very hard right All now. the hot ones that just make their own money at home and run OnlyFans. Shit, even the not hot ones. Even, like, you know, random people that you never guess would have one have got one. Yeah. A lot of, you know, people who would never have considered sex work at all until it was something that's that available. And they're like, well, I mean, I could be making an extra two grand a month. Why not, too? I don't get it. Like, you don't have to sell sexually explicit pictures either. You can literally just post bikini pics, booty pics, like what you'd put on IG and stop putting them on there, and guys will go pay for it. It's insane. Yeah. I would never, 
And I'm not knocking anybody who pays for it or any of the girls who do it. Because do you? I'm not the guys that pay for it. I don't give. I, I don't understand. Like, <laughs> no. There's so much free porn out there. It's there's so much now. If it's somebody you've known, and you're like, man, I've been, I've been knowing Caroline for a long time. I gotta see these warlocks. Yeah, they've been they've been, they've been you know kept under sweaters for a long time. I, I could pay ten bucks. I could see them. I think I'm gonna see them. You could do that. That's an option now. Um, I get that, but like, if it's a girl you've never met and it's not like an absolute stunning smoke show, you're just like, you're just into this random girl. Well, go find another girl that's free online. Yeah. I don't get it. It's very easy to get them to send you pictures in real life too. I've found that out. It's not very hard. So you don't I mean, need, you don't need to be paying for it. Depends on your charisma levels. That's true. Uh, and your commitment levels if you're in a yeah. relationship. So that I guess that depends too. <laughs> By the way, uh, Thursday, August 17th, tickets are flying, I guess, for the Westools comedy show. Uh, Brian just asked for it. Brian, Kevin just asked for some clips of some of the guys. So I need to uh, direct him to some clips. I know everybody's got some stuff online. I've, I know I've definitely seen Dave's stuff. I believe I've seen clips from Tim. Um, so Dave Flint headlining, Tim Cornette, uh, Mickey Genosi. Genosi. I always want to fuck up his last name. Brian Kenny, myself. It's a great comedy show. It's a Wessels in downtown Willoughby. It is, I don't know how much, but you get dinner and stuff with it. Go to their Facebook page, Venmo your money into the ether, and then uh, show up and have a good time with it. It's been awesome every single time we've done it so far. Hell yeah. Brian's trying not to burp beef sticks at me as well. Yeah, I had some Smokies. Please don't. They are stinky. That is a terrible, terrible. They are sitting fully undigested, (laughs) just right at the end of whatever that tube is that's sending my esophagus. They're just sitting right at the end, and the gas comes and hits that. It's just a mouth fart. A mouth farting. (laughs) Brian promises not to eat Smokies the day of the Westlands Comedy Show. No, I don't make that promise at all. (laughs) Uh, Huge news today in Barstool World, though, as I know. So we have an interesting podcast listenership because I know there's a big portion of our podcast listenership that is not necessarily huge Barstool people. And then I know that there's a big portion of that are gigantic bars to people, and that's yeah. how they started listening to us. But huge news today, if uh, you don't know, for quite some time, for the last 10 years, Dave Portnoy has not owned 100% of Barstool. He's not 100, had 100% control of Barstool. He actually, up until today, had 0% control of Barstool for the last six months, I believe. And um, because Penn National Gaming had bought out complete control of Barstool, Dave was still the head of content. There was tons of conjecture, including internally, whether or not Dave was about to walk away from this entire thing, what that would mean for Barstool, um, what our content has become in a lot of people's eyes, the things we had to kind of refrain from talking about and saying because we were government-regulated, being a part of Penn National Gaming. It's a um, publicly traded company, so everything is open to the public. And then also... There was gambling licenses on the line, so they really paid attention. Perfect example, big cats can't lose parlay, where the entire bit is that it always loses. Yes. It's, oh, it always loses. And it went in front of the Illinois state government, in front of the, the regulator board, and they made him stop doing it so that Penn could have their gaming license because they said, it loses too much. And, and, they, and to listen to a lawyer try and argue, but no, that's the point. It's supposed to lose. It's funny. Do you see him in the turtleneck with yeah. all of the jewelry? Yeah. Do you not know the irony of all of this? Exactly. It's and completely like, lost on you. And every time it loses, he puts up that stupid tweet about that he's hacked and he's giving away PS5s. <laughs> <laughs> that goes viral every single time it happens. So that's a perfect example of what Barstool kind of had to dance around for a long time. Well, today, out of nowhere, Dave, we had a company meeting. Lasted about 20 minutes. The real message lasted about 30 seconds. Basically, Dave was like, I bought back Barstool. Austin and Penn are going our separate ways. 
The business deal is insane. And I'm going to, I'm going to talk about it because it's part of the public filings. He sold Barstool for $500 million. He got Barstool back for $0. What? $0. How do you do that? So Penn did. I know they did a deal with ESPN, right? Yeah. So uh, obviously Penn has been able to make money off it. We are very, essentially what Barstool was for the last couple of years was a profitable marketing arm for a casino company. Yeah. Right. Uh, marketing companies are one of the biggest sinkholes in a budget that any company could have. There are no marketing or profitable mar- marketing arms because by definition, that's where you spend your money to get people to come and, and uh, enjoy your product. Barstool is extremely par- pro- profitable on its own. Uh, Penn National Gaming was obviously extremely profitable as well. Its stock went crazy a couple of years ago. It's kind of leveled out in recent years. But the fighting that happened for years over trying to keep gaming licenses, trying to fight everybody who wants to write a piece about Dave Portnoy. Every time someone does, does or says something stupid, the, the Penn stock tanks. I think they just got to the point where like, dude, we need to do something that's a little more stable for our, you know, they got to answer to a board. They got to answer to stockholders. And um, Bars, I think we, or I know, we at the top ranks and throughout the rest of uh, the infantry were pretty sick of being told what we couldn't talk about. Yeah. And uh, it's, apparently it was just kind of a natural separation. They came and said, hey, we got this opportunity. We could switch over to ESPN. How about we just let you go back independent? We're not even going to charge you for anything because they've been taking profit off the top for a while. But they get 50% of any future sale. So if, if Dave goes to sell it at any point in the future, they get 50%. So, so that's why he so confidently said, I'm never selling it again. Right in the fucking announcement said, I will never sell bars. Which is the funniest thing. He's like, I will give it to Big Cat. I will give it to Kevin. I will give it to their children. So this thing will get handed down. Oh, and it will oh, never be sold. Oh, that's amazing. So yeah. Uh, that's, that's incredible that he made all that money and then just got it back. Wild, right? That is bananas. That is... The luckiest fucking. <laughs> There's so a. I think Dave is a very shrewd businessman in that he knows what he has and he knows who can and can't handle it. And I think what happened there is he, him and Erica and anybody else at the top. And I could be speaking out school school here, but I think they saw the writing on the wall that oh shit, Penn can't really handle this. They don't know what to do with this. No. And and they also know that if they do the wrong thing with Barstool, the Barstool faithful will. They'll retaliate. You know what I mean? And, and, and all the comment section of everything is, is Barstool Faithful crying anyways. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And everything. Yeah. So uh, he got it back. And uh, we are 100% independent. Dave is back as much as he's ever. I mean, he was kind of fading out there for a little while. And word on the street is he's going to be spending a lot more time in the content office in New York. And uh, I think it's good, it's good all the way across the board. Um, it's great for us in that, to be 100% transparent, I had been very worried about not only my place, but our place and what we're building here with the Poundtown Pod te- Podcast, with the Cleveland Accounts, with hopefully some other projects that we'd like to launch with the stand-up comedy shows, with you know the Browns pre- and post-game stuff. Not that I ever felt like it was super in danger, but when a publicly traded company takes over and they start assigning accountants to be the head of departments, never a good sign. Yeah. You know, that's bean counter shit. And especially in a creative industry, and especially in a creative industry where probably, I don't know, 90% of our profit probably comes from 10% of our, our IP. You know yeah. what I mean? That is it. That's a dangerous uh, composition. And this is just one guy's opinion, but I do think today probably saved Barstool in the long run. I don't know if it would have been a, a quick demise, but I think Barstool would not have remained as everybody loved it for a long-term deal had this not happened. So I'm super happy about it. So the, is the Barstool Sportsbook gone then? 
So the Barstool Sportsbook is still the Barstool Sportsbook for the, I believe, the next six months. I don't know how much I'm allowed to talk about, but for the next six months, I believe it's still the Barstool Sportsbook. And then I think that will be switching over to ESPN Bet. Okay. So, and uh, dude, kudos to Penn. That's a great move, a great pivot for them if they want to be a more... We're called the pirate ship for a reason. The, 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 the waters get a little <laughs> dicey and rocky out there. So if you want to be a little steadier waters, ESPN's probably the way you want to go there. And uh, good for you, man. That's a good deal. And I get, I get it. I yeah. mean, although ESPN is, they've had a quite a bit of shakiness over the past couple of years. Yeah. Uh, and it's interesting how late ESPN's getting into the gambling game, it feels like. But, you know, they're the fucking monster, dude. They're still yeah. the four-letter. They run. They still they're run fucking shit. Disney. Yeah, dude. They are Disney. They're yeah. Disney. So... Congrats to Penn because I'm sure they are just as excited as everybody in Barstool is. This was this was probably the ultimate win-win for like two an, like a, a divorce between two people who are miserable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like this is so much better now. Uh-huh. And then the husband who's just been dying to go party his dick off is ready yeah. to go party the dick back and off. The wife wants to go bang a bunch of young Latin dudes. Like, yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. Go bang them. Yep. So that's that's what happened. I think it's I think it's great all around. Uh, there's some other stuff that maybe after six months I'll I'll release out there and. We can talk about, but for now, happy with everything, happy with everybody, and uh, good luck to Penn, and the pirate ship sails on. Very excited to see where the content goes from here. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> the, the fact that, you know, it's funny, I was texting with a girl today, and she was like, I don't understand it. Can you just explain it to me? Like, dumb it down for me. So I kind of gave her the cliff notes, and I was like, basically, long story short, we can say and do whatever the fuck we want again. And she's like, wait a second, you guys weren't saying and doing whatever the fuck you want? <laughs> like, like, no. So, no. Yeah. Now, the one thing that's great about Barstool, and I th- I've already seen some of the comments, I'm like, oh, back to the days, of blah, 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 this, that, and the third. I do think that uh, what Barstool was when it was a couple of crude-ass mass holes and New York guys who just said whatever the fuck they wanted at any point, it'll never get all the way back there because... Those guys got money in their pockets well, a, Exactly. They're different people. A, they have money in their pockets. B, they're older. And, have, yeah. and, and C, our company now is one of the more diverse entertainment companies that you will find front-facing wise much to the the fans dismay yeah exactly or or actually it depends if you're a niche fan you fucking love it yeah if you're an overall fan you're like oh they've gone woke over there at barstool you know what i mean this is in sports yeah which it's never been a fully sports company ever ever never not since the very beginning dave's even said on record i wish you'd never named it barstool sports yeah because that just gets stuck in everybody's fucking draw uh but i don't know crazy day uh nobody was expecting it in fact Everybody thought that meeting was about Nate trashing the fact that half the company was going to Chicago and they were getting all the attention on the yak. And everybody's like, oh, <laughs> fuck, Nate's about to be in trouble. <laughs> and, then the, and then this happened, and Nate just immediately tweeted out, hashtag thank you, Nate. Would have been great if Portno played the fucking Stone Cold music. Yeah, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Dude, it was, I mean, it's uh, the memes that came out afterwards were hilarious. Mincy was immediately hired back to the company. I mean, immediately. That's great. Dave called him, and he didn't answer. Totally on brand. It's good, <laughs> just, just good shit, man. It's good shit all around. Anyway. This was a monumental day in Barstool. Saturday night was a monumental night in Cleveland sports. I, I tweeted and asked, and I want your opinion, Brian. I fully believe that is a top 25 moment in Cleveland sports history. Jose knocking out Tim Anderson. And the reason I said, when I first threw it out, I'm like, ah, that's actually kind of stupid. I don't know why I said that. I started like going through a checklist in my head. I can't name 25 things that I would put above it. Oh, it's easily up there. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, I think it's fringe top 10. I, I kind of agree. Things for interesting because, like, there's so many factors about it. A, it it immediately is the best baseball fight that's ever happened. 
Oh, yes. We love baseball fights. Everybody fucking loves baseball fights, but they're always so underwhelming. Yeah. It's awesome to see giant groups of, of bodies being moved. Like, you know, everybody goes into this big scrum. You know, you see certain people moving quickly and more violently. You're like, that's fucking awesome. But nobody ever gets fucking touched up like that. And for it also to be our guy. Yes. This wasn't fucking Miles Straw. Nope. This wasn't, I, you know, Oscar Gonzalez. This wasn't Will Brennan. This was Jose Ramirez. This was our top guy who, by the way, was given up, what, eight inches on height and probably just as much on reach? It was, it was phenomenal. We need to break this entire thing down. So, um, yes, there's so much to break down here. The fact that it was Jose Ramirez is great. I'm trying to think of the other top-tier all-time baseball fights. You had, uh, what's-his-face getting knocked the fuck out? Um, who? Who else got knocked uh, the fuck out? That's what I was... Knocked out, but was uh, uh, fuck from the, Jose Batista, Batista got punched right in the face by, yeah. I think it's Rugnet. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, and he, he did go, Didn't he go down? No, at no point did he go down. I definitely watched it because me and my buddy were discussing it, and it was a prettier punch. It was yeah. a better-looking punch for sure that Odor landed, but Batista never went down. Okay. The other one that jumps to mind is Pedro tossing that old fucker in the Yankees. Zimmer. Yeah, that was, a, that was an awesome, awesome moment, too. That's a good one. It's right up there. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, immediately, that's, this is, if it's not the greatest ever, it's Nolan the Ryan and yeah. um, Ryan no, who was it? It was Robin Ventura. Yes. That was a really good one, mostly because of, of how old Nolan Ryan, Ryan was at that point, how young Robin Ventura was, and the use of the headlock. Yes. But, I mean, you're talking it's a top handful fight of all time. Um, I want to first hear where you were when you saw Give me the story of how you saw this all happen and heard about a good So, uh, you know, that night, me and Sarah, we didn't really do much. We were just mostly sitting on the couch. She's watching uh, say it was Saturday night, so she was watching SummerSlam. That was on the bottom TV. She had the volume. I'm watching, you know, a little bit of SummerSlam, but I don't really care that much. I, I just I love that she cares, so I try and foster that. So I am watching Guardians on mute on the top TV. Um, Boring ass game, by the way. Horrible. They, they, they were no hit until what the six? Yeah. Like it, they were they gave up, you know, five runs, some real bombs given up by Syndergaard. So I'm watching intently for about five innings. And then I grab the switch and I'm playing handheld, you know, Breath of the Wild. I need to apologize to Breath of the Wild because I mentioned being so disappointed by it. I poured over 100 hours in that fucking game. It's one of the top three games I've ever played. Holy shit. It's very right. wrong about that. So I'm playing that and Sarah just screams, Jose Ramirez is fist fighting someone. <laughs> and, you know, I was still paying attention, but, you know, looking up and down. And then I look up and I see that, you know, bodies are moving. I'm like, we're rewinding immediately. So we rewound. Started from his hit. Holy shit. Amazing. Yes. So I'm sitting on my patio. My buddy Swamp's over. We had been, I was at the rate golf outing all day. <clears throat> to say I'm a little inebriated would be an understatement. Uh -huh. I was, uh, it, was, uh, it was a long day. But I paced myself well, and we were back at the house. We're hanging out for a little bit. We're just sitting on the patio, and I had the TV blasting with the game on inside. Half paying attention, half not. All of a sudden, I get a text from Robbie, our buddy Robbie. Because he listens on the radio. So he hears yeah, before he's a big radio anybody. Guy. Yeah. Love it. Everybody else is streaming, right? Yeah. Then I look, I look on the phone, and I didn't see anything on Twitter right away, and I refreshed it one more time, and I saw two, like, holy shit, Jose fight. Ran inside, turned the corner, and the delay for Fubo was perfect to where oh, he was nice. just sliding into second base. Uh -huh. And I'm like, oh, we must have missed it. And no, it popped off. We jumped around. 
like we just won the championship in 2016 again. <laughs> I'm no, no joke, two grown men jumping in each other's arms. Yes, yes, he dropped him, he dropped him. Now, did you get the um, the Bally's feed or did you get the NBC feed? A Bally's, or the Bally's feed. So, I mean, I or guess... No, wait, was it Peacock that night? No, Peacock no, was, was Sunday. Yeah, I'm sorry, that was Bally's feed though. So, a couple things. The first thing, I guess we should set this preference... I didn't think that the tag was that bad. I don't think he stood over him that long. I don't even think that the Rokio thing the night before it, like it was a you know shitbag move, but like it was not like anybody's getting hurt. It yeah. wasn't anything super reckless. Um, I guess it was the words he had been exchanging with young guys and had been kind of all season, but particularly that night with Arias, where Jose being the guy he is was like, I've had fucking enough of this guy. And, and he stood over him for, I think for just a moment too long. The tag was hard enough, stood him for a moment know. too long. And he was like, that's it. That's all I need. You're I supposed to, to put something. the tag down hard. I mean, yeah. we're, I was talking about this with my dad. He goes, I've been taught that since I was a child. Yeah. You put the tag down hard. That's just what you do. Um, now the Bally's feed, they start, you know, squaring up glove goes down, both their fists go up. And I watch it in slow motion multiple times. Cause I'm trying to see what they're going to be looking at to, to dole out the suspensions. Their fists do go up at the exact same time. Um, so then they start kind of squaring up and all the players are rushing them. And the Bally's view is from the, the uh, third base line. Yeah. So all the players are actually crowding around them and the camera can't see the knockout punch. So I am like really nervous that Jose lost that exchange. I love him so much. I, I cannot bear the idea. Because he kind of got the first. They're glancing blows, but the first yes. two did glance off of him. Yes. So I didn't know if he actually got one in. I, I didn't love the idea of him possibly losing the fight. And what I really hated was it, I didn't feel as if the Guardians players were fired up enough, up enough besides Class A. Yeah. For, for our someone. guy, Class yeah. A wanted to murder somebody. Yeah, he did. And he definitely, like, you know, he's the only player besides those two that got ejected. Yeah. And the idea behind that had to have been, if this, if this game gets close and they put that man in there, he's going to murder somebody. <laughs> yeah. He will throw a 102-mile-per-hour fastball at somebody's head. He is unstable right now. So it was probably a smart move to, yeah, to get probably. him out of there. Um, I don't know why they suspended him. I thought that was really dumb. I, don't, I definitely don't think he did enough for a suspension. Um. So I like then I see the replay, and it was a genuine fucking knockout. It was a hundred percent. I mean, he Mike Tyson punched out him. That was the first thing. It was that e, 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 when he like goes backwards. It was his his hands didn't hit the ground until like right before his body did. He definitely didn't have the wherewithal to like put his hands back and try and stop him. Um, it was a clean. Not like the lights went out. If that was a UFC fight, a referee would have been diving on Tim Anderson's body to stop the fight. Yes. And if you need any further proof, just watch him get hit with the Holy Ghost trying to get off the field. That yeah. motherfucker couldn't even walk yeah. getting off there. Uh, unbelievable exchange. I've heard some people try to belittle what Jose did because he had his head down swinging. Bro, a fight is a fight. Whoever lands the punch and knocks the person out wins. That's how it works. Yeah, you can't it fucking, fucking works. You can't downgrade what he did. And like oh. a, a ducking hook is a thing. It's a very popular 100%. thing. It leads to a lot of knockouts. Yeah. It happens. When the actual contact with the fist gets made, his, his head was up. He was looking at what he was seeing. Not when he started throwing the punch, but he's also being ripped away by another player. Yes. Um, I, I saw some people trying to say Ramirez was soft because he didn't like the tag. It's like, he just knocked a man unconscious. <laughs> There's nothing soft about that. That oh, is the opposite. That is the hardest thing you can do. A, a way bigger man. Yeah. I mean, that gives a bigger guy than you. And I know their fists went up at the same time. The second Anderson goes to throw off the mitt, I mean, that is 
guy takes off his shirt that's uh i mean like everybody knows the internet men know the international signs and a lot of women too international signs of it we're squaring up yeah and there is no like oh at that point if someone goes to the one of those signs you're fighting you better be in it otherwise you're about to get punched in the face and yeah. you're gonna get the worst of it yeah um tim anderson a I, I don't know if I should give Jose all the credit for ducking him or they were just bad. He was kind of throwing like this overhand type his, deal. He went southpaw. Yeah. And he is right-handed. Which makes no sense. It makes no sense. So he did kind of a looping hook to lead with like with his, uh, it was, I don't even know how you technically qualify. It was like a circle. Yeah. A circle hook. Like it was, it was weird and it, it did not produce much power. No. And then it glanced off of the top of Jose's head, essentially. And then he threw the second punch with the same hand. And Jose was like being ripped away, but they, they glanced off. And then another shot came in that kind of hit him in the body, but also glanced. So he didn't come close to hitting him. No, That is a man who has been very, very good at a sport for a long time. Been able to say whatever the fuck he wanted to people because other people had his back and never once ever had to back that shit up. Oh, he fancies himself a tough guy. Yeah, he does. He oh, does. He does. And dude, let's make no mistake about it. Major League Baseball hates that motherfucker. He does not have a lot of guys who like him. And I will go as far to say, and I know his teammates had like things to say somewhat in support of him, the fact that no one hit Jose in the next game is the ultimate sign of disrespect to a teammate. Like, it doesn't matter what the fucking umpires say to you, what the league says to you, you are so out of the race at this point. That is supposed to be your superstar or one of them. Yeah. You got to fucking put a baseball in that dude's rib cage the first time. And if it's not the first time he comes up, it's later in the game when they lost the lead. You know what I mean? Someone needs to put a baseball in his rib cage. That's how it works. Well, I mean, I'm sure you've, you've read what's been coming out. Um, that one reliever who got traded to the Yankees was just saying that the, the culture is, is dog shit over there, that nobody's really enforcing any sort of rules. Everybody's just doing their own thing. And that it just has led to kind of chaos and, and toxic environments. Was that the one they traded away who smacked Tim Anderson? No. Who was that? That was Yasmani Grandal. They didn't trade him away. That's that that is their catcher. That's wild. Yeah. So what happened was um, it came out that Yasmani Grandal decided to take the game before the All-Star break off and go home early. And Tim Anderson was like, that fucker doesn't want to play. I'll buy his fucking plane ticket. And Yasmani Grandal walked over to him as he was sitting in the tub and just slapped him across the fucking face. <laughs> I mean. He was just getting snuck in Yeah. Turn. What what a fucking tough scene for Did you watch the John Boy breakdown of everything? Yes. I had been yeah. waiting for that. It was so good. The funniest part to me was the um uh Jimenez, Eloy Jimenez getting hurt and then like crying about how he got hurt the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> he just like got stepped on and kind of limped away. And then for the rest of the time was like trying to cry to people about how he got stepped on and hurt. <laughs> it's hilarious. Amazing fight. Uh, shout out to the Guardians for showing some heart. Shout out to Jose for standing up for the young guys. Because supposedly, as I was texting with Andre on the side, this is some shit that's been going on. This isn't like a very recent thing. This isn't over the last, all through last season as well. He's just been a dickhead to the younger players. Jose is? No, no, no. Uh, Anderson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had heard talking, that. Talking shit to younger guys, being very disrespectful. And, you know, there isn't a whole lot of veterans to stand up for those young guys. No. So, and then how many of those veterans are getting on second base frequently? It's even less at this point. So, you know, yeah. kudos to Jose for taking the fucking, grabbing the bull by the horns here. I tried to, to see as many views as I could because I wanted to see which guys were mixing it up. Eli Morgan was definitely getting in there. Yep. Rokio was getting in there. 
um I guess Arius was, but that my parents saw that. I couldn't see find couldn't that on see, any feed, but my parents saw that there. Um, class A, obviously. And then I like I can't really. I, it didn't look like Oscar Gonzalez really was getting in there, and I would have loved to have seen him mixing it up. He's our biggest guy. Yeah. Um, I would have liked to have seen Miles Straw more, but he looked like he was more like laughing around and joking with the other players from the White Sox that didn't care and you know breaking people up. What I wonder is how many of them knew as they ran out. Because they had an even worse angle than Bally Sports. Bally Sports at least was a little bit elevated. Uh-huh. They're running out there to just think it's probably a normal shoving match between two of our veterans. You know what I mean? Not that crazy. I wonder how many went back and were like, wait, he dropped him? Shut the fuck up. He I'll, t- dropped I'll tell him? you who knew who dropped him, <laughs> that he dropped him was uh, Josh Naylor. Because yeah. he was the very first person out <laughs> yeah. there, which I fucking love. He's best. on the IL. He's been our wild man. He's kind of acted more subdued all year. But when Bush came to shove, he was right there. At some point in the offseason, with a little bit of distance between us and this event, I do want to try to piece together a top 25 Cleveland sports moments of all time and see where this falls. Yeah. Because I tend to agree with you. We were talking about it on Sunday. Me and Robbie went to the game. We literally went to the game the next day with vengeance on it, like with with violence in our minds. We're like, we are going to go heckle the White Sox, White Sox dugout. They're going to hit Jose. He's going to turn into a gladiator arena. None of that happened. It wasn't even Dude, wasn't bad I was so sad that they fucking blew that game. They've, they've, you'd think that it would be more of a galvanizing moment, but they've, they've dropped the two games since. Yeah. Uh, season's over. You ready to say it? Because I'm saying it. Season's fucking over. It's over. I'm like... 85% there. Are they four um, and a half back right now? I mean, the, the, the Twins are getting hot right now. And they just fucking swept Arizona, who's a really good team. Five and a half yeah, back. Yeah, they're five and a half You have no back. Jose for a couple games. Yeah, Naylor's, on Naylor's out. Yeah. Bieber's out. I mean, Gavin Williams tossed a fucking gem last night. And they, they choked that thing away. How much of the blame are you putting for Sunday's loss on Class A? Uh, I actually did put some of it on there, tweeted, and people said immediately started coming because the defense sucked, whatever. But here's the deal. They Cla- weren't that bad at throws. I mean, no. they, were, they were definitely short, but he's used to it because he, he was on the move while making them. He didn't set yeah. his feet on any of them. But Cole Calhoun has like, never played first base before. And here's the thing. It's not like Class A has been unbelievable all year and then was let down by some defense there. This dude has been walking the tightrope and or blowing saves the entire season. He put the fucking the tying run on second. Exactly. He put him in scoring position. He did that without any other bullshit yep. help. I actually, that, I haven't deleted a tweet in a very long time. I just didn't feel like dealing with it. Yeah. I tweeted it. People started, immediately started coming to my phone. I was like, you know, I just don't feel like dealing with it today. Um, he doesn't deserve all of it. Um, Rokio he deserves, deserves some. some of it. He does. He yeah. does. Rokio deserves some of it, but not a whole bunch. Calhoun deserves some of it because he's still a major leaguer and those were easy scoops to make. If you're going to go ahead and say, yes, I feel comfortable filling in at first for you, you better fucking make those plays. Yep. Um, and then also just kind of our circumstances. I I mean, you don't have Freeman right now, so you've got uh, Rocchio and Arias there playing, you know, short and third. Yeah. So who do you play at first when Fry's out too? Hands were kind of tied there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look... The fact that Cole, how Cole Calhoun's even on this team is absolutely fucking bonkers to me. Yeah. Every time I see him do something, I'm like, I can't believe that guy's here right Ramon now. Ramon is about to start tonight, too. Yeah, it's fucking nuts. This just shows you how, how far this season fell. Oh, it's gotten weird, man. At the beginning of the year. Yeah. Uh, so, Brian, it, he, he knows deep down this is over. He just won 15%. He just don't want to Still admit believes it. that they got a shot. 
Five and a half is not complete. But they haven't gotten hot one time this year. No, they haven't. There was like one period that started with that Cardinal series where they, they won a couple of series in a row, but like they, there were Royals series in there that they blew. They could have had sweeps. They've never had just like a full-blown fucking hot streak. It has not happened once. It's, it's so weird to me. And I get that your pitching is just a bunch of fucking rookies, and now Noah Syndergaard is just a, a body. Yeah. Um, I love that Xavier Curry is getting the shot, but you got to wait for him to get fully stretched out. So now he's just doing five innings max. It's like, God damn, this is, this is what this team is built on. It's always been built on pitching, and the pitching is gone. This is as frustrating of a season. Look at this fucking photo shoot going on. I know, the senior pictures at, going on outside. the lead singer of My Chemical Romance. <laughs> he's out there with a black suit and a red shirt on. What, uh, where did you do your senior pictures at? In the fucking studio. I didn't do any of the out and about pictures yeah. of me holding a football or anything. Yeah, me either. Me with like sunburn from football camp. <laughs> my, it, it looked like a bowl cut because my hair had grown long. I hadn't gotten a haircut because uh, I planned on just doing a buzz cut, for, which is what I did every year for football. And like, they're like, which way do you part your hair? I'm like, I don't. I just, just kind of let it go. Or I wear hats. And they just like combed it down. <laughs> So it looks like I have like, a bowl cut. Like Lloyd Christmas? <laughs> Pretty much. I'll show it to you here. I'll get it up for you. That's so good. You're going to love this. I am very excited about this. It's not the one that was on the green room door. It was the one on the green oh, room door. That was that my picture. senior picture. Yeah, yeah, that's a great picture. Here, I'll, I'll pull up another one just so you can give yep. a, a reaction to it. When you were headlining hilarities, I went in and Sam made sure I went and looked at the picture on the green room door. He <laughs> was very excited about putting that on there. <laughs> How do I get By to the way, speaking of, uh, Nick Ellis, uh, one of the dudes who does uh, social media with us, stand-up comedian that lives out in Denver, he's from Cleveland, he's going to be on the podcast on Thursday. I don't know if the other comedian who's headlining clarities will be or not. It depends on when his flight gets in, so we'll, we'll see. Okay. Um, nope. Well, it's here somewhere. Oh, he does have a guitar with him, too, this kid. Oh, hell yeah. And he's got kind of an emo haircut. Dude, should we let him in and let him do senior pictures on the stage? <laughs> 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 but we also get to do play-by-play. I don't That's know where trade-off. it is. You know, whatever. You've seen it. Yeah, I have. It's a very good picture. Um, I don't know where I was going next. Oh, he has a nine-inch nail shirt he wants to tra- change. To- okay, yeah, this kid is... Yeah. Good for him. Sure. Good for him. Sure. He's like, fuck this red dress shirt. Get this thing off of me. <laughs> Looks like such a dildo. Did, how much did you watch of the uh, Browns preseason game? Two drives. I think it's about... Uh, what I, actually, if I am being 100% honest here. Trying to wait for your bets to hit? Uh, what do you mean? You, you were waiting to see if your bets hit. Yeah. No, I watched. So I watched a decent chunk at the beginning. I'm, gonna, I'm actually not going to say what I was going to say. I'm going to save myself the aggravation. I sometimes forget that a lot of people listen to this. Uh-huh. I didn't watch a lot of the first half for a particular reason. Won't get into it. Watched a decent amount of the second half, mostly for the lulls. And for DTR, honestly, like, cause I really got yeah. to see what, uh, that kid. Um, the only few times I saw him in college, every time I saw him, he's electric. He did the exact same thing in that game. He's got backup quarterback, probably not this season written all over him. Yeah. I do think there was a world where they were going to try and sneak him onto a practice squad. Cause they got to carry three now, you know? So they got, they, obviously it's Deshaun and then Dobbs, your backup. I think they probably would have preferred Mond. And then be able to sneak DTR into a practice squad. That shit went right out the window in that game. You I know, think that's the right move. Yeah, 100%. Mon fucking sucks, dude. Yeah. Maybe a nice guy. Might be good in the quarterback room. He is so bad out on the field. It's not people just aren't built for professional football. It just is what it is. 
It, it happens all the time. Guys yeah. that you see that in college that are just lighting it up. I mean, Connor Cook was a pretty damn good fucking college quarterback. He was. He couldn't do shit in the NFL. Didn't Connor Cook play at like Lake Catholic or something? Yeah, he's from somewhere around here. I can't remember where. It was NDCL maybe? Somewhere. I think it was Lake Catholic. Yeah? I think it was Lake Catholic. I remember he was from somewhere out here on this, this side of Cleveland. Either way, um, yeah, it happens all the time. Ken Dorsey. Ken Dorsey made a nice long career being the third guy in the room because he knew the playbook well. Motherfucker could not throw an eight-yard out. No. He got picked every time. He, he's one of those guys, they say, like a Michael Jordan can't coach because it was all just so natural to him. Ken Dorsey's a great coach. He, he was pivotal in developing Josh Allen, and, but he couldn't do shit on the field. How many games do you think Ken Dorsey started in his career? I remember looking this up before. I will say four. He started 13 games in his oh, career. Oh, okay. Only three here in, in Cleveland. So you were right on that front. We've we got to remember he started 10 in uh, San Francisco before that. I do not remember that. Yeah, he was... Uh, Good Lord. He, he did a real bad record. He was 1-6 in, in 2004, 1-2 in, in 2005, and 0-3 in, in 2008. Damn. 2-11 in his career. He went 2-14 for 408 for a 52.5% completion percentage. Just over 2,000 yards, eight touchdowns, 18 picks, baby. And this was the quarterback from the legendary U teams. He just had so much for, talent around him. Maybe the greatest college football team has ever walked to the face of the earth, and the only one I will ever listen to an argument that they might have been able to win NFL games. Because they were an NFL roster, yeah. head to toe, besides Ken Dorsey. Just even the, just the safeties alone. It's, it's insane, the people that were on that fucking yeah. team. Both from football talent and the, the running fact back that they room. were murdering people. Yeah. But, they, yeah. <laughs> they were wild. <laughs> they were murdering people. I, I didn't watch a shit ton of it either. I don't have a ton of takeaways. Um, I know the Jerome Ford injury is pretty interesting. I don't think he came back today either. It's just camp. a hamstring though. I mean, those yeah. can linger. Can linger. Um, who else was it? Forbes was the other guy who was out. He's kind of the journeyman backup. He played a lot last year on the they line. They have but... been keeping him for forever. He was that yeah. player X in that Sports Illustrated article. Oh, really? Yeah. There was like a, an article where like they followed around uh, a player that they kept anonymous um, throughout the draft process was somebody that they thought could be a legitimate NFL player getting picked late. Really? And it was Forbes. I, I didn't know that. Yes. I mean, as far as like a journeyman offensive lineman goes, he's fine. Whatever. I mean, you don't, yeah. you don't want to see him out there, but if you have to see him, I guess he's as good as you're going to get at that position. Somehow you know? he hangs on. Now, Dewan Jones, a lot of people had some really nice things to say about him. The couple drives that I saw, he looked very slow. Yeah, I think I think Stefanski said it best afterwards that his was not, he was very nicely saying his conditioning's still not there and that he hasn't played football in a very long time and we put him out there for the entire game for a reason. So, yeah. you know, I mean, look, they plan on you being the guy they're going to next, so get your fucking ass in shape yeah. and uh, start working on the first step because if you look slow in that game, then it, that's not great. No. Now, there was a whole bunch of other good stuff. I did see people who break down film that, you know, it just looked like regular film to me, but they liked his, they liked his foot placement, his hand or his hand placement. They liked uh, like how quickly drop, and some of the guys are trying to speed rush around him. I don't think you're going to get a ton of guys with multiple moves against you in that game. So no. you know, whatever. But yeah, he didn't embarrass himself, so that's good. Yeah, he didn't quit football halfway through the game. That's good. We were trying to convince that we were being convinced that might happen. So yeah. <laughs> that he might be throwing up all over the field. Yeah. So that's good. I don't know. And then Joe Thomas goes into the Hall of Fame. Great speech. I agree. Love the said. speech. Very, uh, very offensive lineman. It was very typical offensive lineman kind of speech. He had a lot of things to say about the position and what it entails, and um, you know how 
you you mostly play for the guys next to you, and it's it's a position of service mostly because you're you're not getting any sort of attention unless you do something bad. An offensive lineman cannot win a game in one play, but you can absolutely lose it in one play. It's I I mean it's a lot of the things that I've heard my entire playing career of you know just different stuff about being an offensive lineman, and he was right. Did you cry? No, no. <laughs> I didn't even cry when the Cavs won the championship. Really? I I, I just I'm not a big crier. The only, like. When people and animals die, like that's the only thing that really mm. gets me. But, um, and only the ones that I'm super close with. I definitely cry when they won a championship. I did not cry this uh, for this for Joe going in. It was a cool speech. It was fine. Yeah. The best part of the entire weekend, though, was the picture of his son booing the Steelers fan out of the side yeah. of the car, which is fucking yeah. great. I love that. Yeah. Shout out to Hayden Grove. It was a great shot. Yeah. And uh, and then Joe retweeting and put raised right on top of it, it was really yeah. that's, that's good stuff. Love that. Was there anything else from the Hall of Fame weekend? I didn't go down. Um, I know intern Jake was all bummed out I wasn't going down, but, like, dude, that's such a commitment. you got to be there all day, all night. Yeah. And I was, for what, I I just didn't know I was going to get the content out of it that I felt like I needed to get to be there. Yeah. My time commitment. So no, Whatever. Yeah. You started watching the Johnny Manziel documentary. I did. All right. I did. You're about 80% of the way through. About 80%. 80%. About 80%. <laughs> Give us the 80% uh, cliff notes. <laughs> the B minus <laughs> review. Um, first of all, I like these, these Netflix documentary series about sports that they've been doing. They are really well made. They are choosing excellent topics, but they are too short. This is only an hour and 15 minutes. I watched about 80%. I got about 15, 16 minutes left. And... Uh, he's just getting drafted at the point that I'm at. That's so there's crazy. not a lot of Brown stuff, which is really what I wanted to see. They really cover uh, his ascension. They, they start out by talking about how he played at that like military high school or whatever. And uh, the kind of regiment that they had him on and, and what the culture was like there. And then how he really split off from it. Um, he was just so electric through 75 fucking touchdowns in a year in high school. Bananas. Um, he wanted to play at Texas. They didn't offer. He went to A&M and starting as a freshman, he was an absolute sensation. And we all remember that. I mean, he beat Alabama that year. That was crazy. And then the, he won the Heisman first freshman to win the Heisman. Yep. And then after that, he just, you know, he, somebody offered him some cash to go sign some autographs. And, you know, remember how that was all kind of like, it was, it was out there for a while, and then they were like, oh, well, he didn't really you know, charge for autographs. Yeah. He just kind of, uh, he didn't prevent the sale of his autographs was what they got him for a half game for versus Rice. He absolutely sold those autographs. <laughs> he made hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, he found some guy that started offering him like three grand, and then another guy's like, oh, no, you're getting fucked over. I'll, I'll get you 30 grand. And then he like put him in a hotel room. He's like, here's the combination of the safe, 30 grand in cash. And so from that point on, him and his one buddy, they were splitting everything 80-20, and they were going everywhere every weekend. Like, they were partying every single... Like, he wasn't even hanging out with Texas A&M people. Yeah. He was an actual celebrity doing celebrity things. And apparently, I think the most interesting thing that I learned from all this is that shit about his family having oil money, they made that up. That is not true at all. Really? Yep. Who made it up? His his buddy was telling because he was he would remember uh, Sumlin had that that rule where freshmen couldn't talk to the media. Yeah, freshmen's um, <laughs> all the freshmen, the freshmen's. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so he couldn't like explain himself at all when people were seeing that he's driving a Benz and having like a Rolex and shit. No shit. And he's sitting like courtside at NBA games. So his buddy 
was telling people that they had they had a lot of family money from oil shit being in Texas. No way. And then that spread. Like they show like clips of like, you know, Skip Bayless and Colin Cowherd talking about his, his family's oil money. Yeah. And I really, I mean, I, I had no reason to question it. Me either. I totally believed that. I absolutely believed it. But like his family's got, you know, some money. They're like upper middle, middle class, but not enough for Johnny to be driving around in Benz's Damn. and traveling the world. That's wild. Yep. Wow. I wonder what happens in the last 20%. It's because you have to you have to go watch it yourself. I would out. love to fucking know. Like I, I mean, I'm going to tonight, but I I want more about the Browns' time, man. Seriously. His actual NFL career, him fizzling out, dude. You uh, need 15 minutes of that. Johnny Vegas, like that story that years later he admitted was true, and I got murdered for it for years. But yeah. I try to tell everybody like the video's real. It's here. I know who has it. I've seen it. And everybody's like, oh, you're fucking lying, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, dude, I don't know what to tell you. And then years later, he said, oh, I know it was real. And people are just like, oh, okay, that was real. And they just let it go. Like, <laughs> what? That's an insane story. He said he was concussed, said he was in town, sends a Snapchat to Sarah Hayden, because him and, I can't remember that chick's name at the time, but that famous chick he was dating back then, that blonde chick. She was best friends with Sarah, good friends with Sarah. Mm-hmm. She sends him a Snapchat, and he's in a fucking wig. In Vegas. Billy Manziel. Yeah, Billy Manziel ended up fucking partying his dick off in Vegas when he's supposed to be in Cleveland with the team. That's a huge story. I, I hope they cover it. I'll, I'll have to let you know once I watch it. But <laughs> I think we should we're do not, all, we're not all, all the reviews. You should stop everything. <laughs> and you should do a review of it. <laughs> no, like, I gotta be honest. I don't think it's coming together very well. I watched about 75% of the Shawshank Redemption. And man, this guy is just in prison for so long. It's depressing. <laughs> I'm failing to see why people love that movie. <laughs> it's just so depressing. <laughs> oh, that's good. I, I kind of like that bit. We usually do 75% movie reviews. Uh, anything else from it? That's, that's where you're at? That's, that's where I'm at. Um, I am just really nervous because, you know, this is definitely something I wanted a, um, a documentary about. But the next one coming up is one of my top things I want to, uh, within the next couple, Swamp Kings. The Florida Gators back in the Tim Tebow, Urban Meyer, Pouncey, and Aaron Hernandez days. If that's an hour and 15, I'm going to be very disappointed. Yeah, the problem is uh, two things with Netflix. One is if it, that Swamp Kings one's an hour and 15, they're, they're not going to be able to fit 11% of the story in there. Yeah. There's so much shit. The second worst part about Netflix is, and this is what everybody bitches about with their development department, it's all based on algorithm. Yeah. So uh, an algorithm will pump out, hey, we need a movie on a princess that does this particular thing and it needs to be this long. And that's how they do the documentaries too, which sucks. So like, we need sucks. some sports documentaries. Uh, the algorithm tells us these topics will be good. And this is the ideal time. Build it to this time. Which, I mean, it's probably the future of movies and content, but that fucking blows. I mean, what, what sports thing would you want to see... Uh... Uh, like a, a like a documentary, thirty for thirty style, or you know, one of these uh, Netflix ones. Locally, it still goes back to the CSU years when they yeah. were supposed to join the Big East. That was supposedly supposed to join the Big East. They built the Wolstein Center. Mackey gets busted for coming out of the crack house. That's insane to me. Nationally, um. Man, a Dan Snyder documentary would be fucking nuts. That would be nuts. Like, the, I want one on the Viking fuck boat. Yeah, dude. Uh, that was in, you were talking about that today yeah. with the pants. I didn't get yeah. to jump into that group because I had so much shit going on. But that would be a great one. I've actually thought about going trying to dig some of that up for Barstool. I feel like that'd be a great. That'd be great. That is a very funny story. It's a hilariously funny story. And I feel like now, even though the guys, some of the guys are probably married and shit, now all that stuff's so much more accepted. 
like a stripper boat isn't as crazy or a prostitute boat. I think more orgy boat is, is yeah. proper. But it's like now, like back then it was like none of that stuff was really pushed out into the limelight. Like people kind of knew it went on, whatever. Like, dude, we're looking across at shooters right now. There's a 10-person shower upstairs that I've heard stories about. What? The Browns players, just fuck it. That was greasy as fuck in what? that place. Yeah, oh yeah. I've never heard this. The dude who owned Shooters was an old school party. He partied all the 80s Browns, and there's legendary stories of like shower orgies and shit happening upstairs in that place. Okay. And then on the, on the boats that, that he parked outside. That was the spot. was the spot. And Bernie and the boys hung out there every fucking weekend. <laughs> every fucking weekend. So, uh, you know, but that, you know, that type of shit people kind of knew about, but not crazy. I do uh-huh. feel like that was one of the first stories that came out. Like, oh, these guys are just... They're just fucking prostitutes out here. Yeah. That's what they're doing. Yeah. Interesting. Whoring around. <laughs> just whoring around. Um, all right, that's cool. I like that. 75% movie review. All right, let's do it. Reddit story of the week, baby. Reddit story of the week. All right. I am just so wrapped up in this kid's uh, senior picture journey. <laughs> all right, so I can't even tell you the, uh, the name of this one. Give it a little too much away. When I was around 20 years old, my girlfriend and I were visiting her parents over the weekend. She's a single kid, so her parents are a bit overbearing, but otherwise they're both very nice people. They're pretty well off with a large house and a large fenced-in yard with a cute little garden at the back corner. The visit was going well, and despite the general awkwardness associated with staying at my girlfriend's parents' home, it had been a lot of fun. Her father was the strong, silent type, but actually pretty goofy when in the right mood. Her mom was a bit fussy, but overall very caring and well-meaning. My girlfriend was awesome and really went out of her way to make me feel welcome. They even had a super friendly, super dopey black lab named Marnie. Overall, they were a wonderful and accommodating family. Everything would have been perfect had it not been for one unforeseen issue. On the second day at their home, I begin to feel a sizable amount of feces begin to accumulate in my colon. Now, one odd thing about me, I absolutely hate taking dumps when others are around. I can't even poop knowing my roommates are in the general vicinity, let alone my girlfriend's parents. Well, that sucks. Yeah, some people have the, the weird hangups, man. There was no way in hell I could shit in their home with everyone being there and knowing uh, I had been so careful to plan my shit schedule around this entire trip so that it would time perfectly for right before the right, right before and right after the visit. Admittedly, I did eat a large dinner and breakfast, having been spurred on by and not wanting to disappoint my girlfriend's mom. Still, it shouldn't have been warranted. It should have, shouldn't have warranted a shit so soon. I must have miscalculated. We were leaving the next day, so it wasn't a code red situation. Still, the mask continued to grow and the discomfort was real. Furthermore, I had shat the next evening. The feces would have already compacted, making for quite the displeasurable expelling process. Still, all this was better than shitting with, my fam- with the family knowing. No sooner than I had prepared myself to endure and persevere did an unlikely glimmer of hope present itself. My girlfriend's mom was going to the supermarket real quick and wanted to know if we wanted anything. At this point, my angel of a girlfriend gives me the out I had not been expecting. She tells her mom she wants to go as well to pick something up and asks me if I wouldn't mind hanging out at the house alone for a few minutes. Weird, I know. At first, I was a bit taken aback by her asking me this. Why didn't she even give me the option to go? Was she getting feminine stuff? Did she want to talk to me? Uh, do, talk to her mom about me? Was she getting tired or annoyed of me? Uh, did she want to give me some alone time? Regardless, she had granted me the perfect opportunity to take my gorilla ship. My girlfriend's father was still at work, and my girlfriend and her mom had exited the building. It was just me and Marnie, the black lab. I sit for another minute just to make sure that they don't come back having forgotten something. Marnie is laying on the carpet, looking at me knowingly. Once the coast was clear, I speed walk to the bathroom. Marnie follows me, but I cut him off and shug him, shug him out. Uh, shove him out? I don't know. Marnie can know, uh, can know I'm shitting. He licks his own ass. For all I care, it will be our little secret. Their bathroom is beautiful and so unbelievably comfortable. 
very well organized, a nice carpet for the toes and a nice toilet cover for the ass. I take one of the largest, most handsome shits in my entire life. It was really a work of art, a single snake unbroken and so large that it was slithering out from the toilet water and up towards the seat. The textbook definition of a champion turd. My pride is fleeting, though, as I quickly remember the time is of the essence. Letting out a satisfied sigh, I go to flush this champion to Valhalla. And of course, like so many today I fucked up, so we've read before, the toilet won't flush. I freak out. How can this be? They have such a nice house, such a nice bathroom. Why won't their toilet fucking flush? This is a single link turd resting in a straight line, optimal for <laughs> flushing. So why the fuck wasn't the toilet flushing? Why was this happening to me? I look for a plunger. Why the fuck don't they have a plunger? I, not only will everyone know I shat, but they will witness this creature firsthand. How was I going to explain this to them? Oh, hey, Mr. Singer, I'm terribly sorry to inconvenience you with this, but um, there seems to be a shit anaconda nesting in your toilet. My heart begins to race. I start to panic. I'm not thinking clearly. I just know I can't get caught. I can't leave any evidence that this creature ever came into existence. I do the only thing that comes to mind. I spray the shit out of the room with air freshener and turn on the bathroom fan. Then I grab the anaconda with my bare hands and extract it from the water. Hundreds of things could have went wrong with this plan, leading to an infinitely more terrible situation than I was currently in. But miraculously, everything goes smoothly for now. The anaconda doesn't collapse under its unsustainable mass like some deep-sea creature brought up from the depths. It remains healthy and retains form outside of its natural habitat. I luckily didn't lock the bathroom door and am able to easily open it with my elbow. Marnie is where I left him, patiently waiting for me. Truly a loyal companion. Still, there's a glimmer in his eyes. He knows I possess something of value to him. (laughs) I hit bump Marnie out of the way and head back to the backyard porch. Marnie follows eagerly. The back door is also unlocked, and I easily open it with my elbows. Marnie is close on my tail, but again, I cut him off and shut the door in his face. I speed walk to the back corner of the yard where, my, where the garden is, careful not to get any evidence on my clothes. I gently rest the shit under some kind of bushy plant overbrush, making sure it's hidden by a cover of leaves and walk back into the house. No one will ever know that this shit ever existed. And if you think about it, I also just blessed the bush with a generous amount of top-grade fertilizer. Though both my ego and hands were sullied, the secret would be safe with me. This memory would be repressed in no time. No one would, would know, not even me. I go back into the house, very thoroughly wash the steak streaks off my hand and forearms. The room faintly smells like freshener, but I don't detect the scent of shit. Excellent. The toilet bowl is clean with no stains on the porcelain. God, this guy is fucked up. I turn off the bathroom fan light and close the door behind me. Just as everything was, no one would know the difference. There's still another good 30 minutes until my girlfriend and her mom return, and I spend the time playing with Marnie. We'd shared an extraordinary experience and had formed an unbreakable bond. Marnie was a bro. Everything goes smoothly and well from this point. My girlfriend and her mom return, and I help them prepare for dinner. My girlfriend lets Marnie out to use the bathroom since he's whining and pawing at the door. Marnie's out back for a lot longer than usual, though, and has to be beckoned back into the house. Everyone's a bit preoccupied, and no one pays any attention when he comes back in. And after a few moments of neglect, he resigns himself to his doggy bed. Occasionally, I get faint whiffs of a fart or trash or something else nasty, but think nothing of it. An hour or so later, Mr. Singer gets home from work. Marty, being the loyal pup that she is, is greatly excited at his master's return and trots over to the front door to greet him. My girlfriend always told me that Mr. Singer was from Kentucky, but I'd never heard an accent. I remember what happened next as if it were in slow motion. Mr. Singer, delighted to see Marnie, reaches down and strokes the dog head and back. Mr. Singer's expression changes from delight to confusion as horror to rage as he jerks his hand off from Marnie's back to inspect it. He looks at Marnie and looks at everyone in the room. She it. He declares loudly into the room. My heart begins to pound, looking closely at Marnie. (laughs) There's the faint glistening of shit frosting caked on his back. The damn dog found the anaconda and crushed it with his back. 
Mr. Singer's hand is covered in shit. It doesn't seem like anyone other than myself has fully grasped what Mr. Singer is attempting to communicate. My girlfriend, his wife, and Marnie all look at him with curious faces. It's shit, he reiterates. <laughs> Get this dog outside. He's got shit all over him. I said him. shit. I finally hear the accent. I help Mr. Singer bring Marnie out, and we hose the dog down. Marnie's absolutely delighted, but Mr. Singer's understandably pissed. Does Marnie usually roll around in his own poop, I ask innocently? That wasn't Marnie, Mr. Singer says solemnly. That was from some big animal that got into this yard. I don't think anyone ever found out it was me, but Mr. Singer was oddly reserved after that point forward. And then he shot the dog because he didn't want it to come back out of the shit. <laughs> uh, for, this guy's a fucking dweeb, first of all. The, so the shit thing, whatever. I know some people were hung up on that, but like this, this, the point that showed me exactly who he is as a man is when you back that up with... She's going to leave and she didn't even invite me? Is she getting women's stuff? Is she mad at me about something? That's yeah. like, oh, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Super strange. And yeah. just like, I mean, having that hang-up period. You are a human being. Any human being, any, any creature that ingests food is going to slide stinky brown f- sludge out of a hole in their butt. Yep. That is just a fact of life. So you need to get over that. Everybody needs to get over that. And I really, I know it's a long way to go for this, but I told that story to tell this one because this okay. is one of my favorites. One of my best friend's wife she was in college and she had been seeing this guy for like three months all right and she had not let out the slightest hint that she is a human being that goes to the bathroom (laughs) he had he she had never farted around him she had never pooped even in the same building as him and this guy has a party and her and her sister go into the bathroom together and it it hit her she had to go so she took a dump and much like this guy the toilet wouldn't flush and she panicked and fished turds out, rolled up toilet paper around her hand and thought that that was going to make it better. No. Like once, once your hand's in the water, the bacteria is there. Yeah. It's all over the place. The particles are all over you. She fished it out and just hurled it out the window. <laughs> <laughs> and her sister fully corroborates all of this. She hurled her turns out the fucking window. And then the next day after the party, he goes outside. All of them landed all over his car. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a good story. Did, I, did he ask? And she was just like, huh? <laughs> He's like, somebody shit on my car. And she's just like, mm-hmm. That's so sad. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I've I never had it. It's so like. Obviously, being uh, single again, there is. I'm in that weird space where, like, I have to <clears throat> pick and choose my battles on this one. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Like, uh-huh. you know, you can't just like first time you go over a chick's place, just blow up her. T- I guess you can. I did yeah. a bunch. I know was, you did. Like before, you had, you had, you had stomach problems. Though. I have so many. Like, yeah, like being uh, in denial about not eating gluten. Like, I shouldn't have been eating gluten the whole time. So it was like it was necessary. Like every like any time I spent the night anywhere. I was taking it up. I carried a modium on me just in case it got bad. Interesting. I also may think maybe that passes a little bit because you're a bigger guy. That's like probably <laughs> comes along with the territory. It's <laughs> like, he's going through the head. Of he course. probably takes shits. He, he probably, probably takes a lot of shits. shits. I got to get on board with this if I'm going to like him. Yeah, he's got, and obviously you can't control him because he, he couldn't win. <laughs> uh, but I've always appreciated a girl who is more forthcoming. Like, obviously, you know, Especially not at first, somebody, because I won't throw it in your face, but like yeah. sometimes I have to acknowledge it. Yeah. And, or I had to. And a girl that's going to like, you know, be like, yeah, you poop, I poop, we're all going to poop. Yeah. I, I appreciated the hell out of that. I only found a couple. I married one of them for sure. So uh, when I first started dating my ex, we were together a very long time, her, they had a family at a very nice house. 
And the first time I went there was down in Macedonia. And she took me there for Thanksgiving, but also took me out the entire night before for the night before Thanksgiving. We stayed in a hotel down in the uh-huh. Marriott downtown. A bunch of friends stayed on there too, but we had our own room. She had to go get ready for the party. We all went down to the hotel bar and started drinking Christmas sales. All right. So now I've gone out the whole night before. God only knows what we ate at what time. I've started drinking Christmas sales. Uh-huh. Um, she comes back, picks me up. We go back down to her mom's house. She's like, are you drunk? And I said, yes, I'm drunk on Christmas sales. <laughs> and she's like, okay, just keep it together for the family. Family loves me. Everything's going great. This the first time I'm in the house. I don't know where the whole bathroom situation is. There's only one I could see, and this motherfucker is smack dab in the middle of everything. Uh-huh. I mean, there's no hiding what's going on there. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden, a, a holiday Christmas sale shit Oof. mounds up on deck. Uh-huh. Like Warren G screaming regulators out of my fucking uh-huh. intestine. And I was like, <laughs> oh no. I don't have time to, is there another bathroom around? Is there like, I gotta go. Like we're, we're in we're emergency mode. Uh-huh. I went in, and the problem with that is, when you're in that mode, you could probably get rid of it quick enough to where it won't seem all that odd, but the smell afterwards, and it's the middle of a Thanksgiving party with like 50 people there. I mean, you have to, you have, to have your hand on the plunger, and you got to <laughs> flush as it's coming out so it hits pipes as, just as much as possible. Yeah. You don't want it sitting in the toilet bowl at all, No, but that doesn't, it's not flushing farts. Yeah. Those farts are still out there. Yeah, they are. And uh, I tore that place up, and I know for a fact everybody was like, I'm pretty sure the new guy's shitting in that yeah, bathroom in there. Yeah. And then, you know, you try to, like, do the thing, you, like, creep out the door and, like, close it almost all the way. You leave it, like, leave the, <laughs> leave the light and the fan on, you know what I mean? And uh, when I came out, I walked out into everybody ready to say grace. So the entire fucking place <laughs> looked at me as I came out of the bathroom. Yeah, no, it's a wonder that one didn't work. <laughs> Were they uh, uh, a hand-holding grace family? Yep. Oh man! Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, your ex is going to be like, okay, I gotta hold his hand, but whoever holds the right hand, it's Grandpa, Grandpa, he my, he my hand. <laughs> He's gross, anyways, probably. <laughs> yeah. Actually, he was a very well put together guy. Oh, he was, yeah? yeah, he was. Yeah, I felt bad for him, but hey, you know what? There were troopers about it. Nobody ever brought it up. Christmas sale is a different kind of drunk. I I had just bought weed one time, and uh, first time ever, fifteen <laughs> hundredth time, and I had it like. I had smoked a little bit and I was in a seven 11 mm-hmm. and a bunch of fucking cops come in and I nearly shit my pants right then and there. Really? But it was like some girl that was uh, crying and had gotten into a fight and she's, they're like, have you been drinking? She's like, I've had some Christmas ales. <laughs> and then I heard a cop actually into the radio go, she's had some Christmas ales. <laughs> it was amazing. And back then, like now everybody gets, there's all kinds of holiday beers uh-huh. and shit. That was like a different drunk. Like, if you were oh. into somebody who was on Christmas sales, they were a different level Because they're drunk. so good. They're and they so go good. down so quick and easy. Well, and here's the thing. And uh, this was from my, uh, I'll give you a little piece of advice from my DUI class I had back in like 2000 and, <laughs> what year was that? 2007, 2008, something like that. Uh, which, by the way, I got, coming home the next morning from Columbus, pulled over, took a breathalyzer, blew a .09. They let the passenger blew a .07, made a switch seats, wrote me a DUI ticket, and sent us on our way. How fucked up is that, by the Jesus. way? Jesus. Yeah, anyway, so I got a DUI class out of that bullshit. And uh, I'll never forget the police officer that had come in and talked to the class, and he was like, you guys know what time of year it is, Christmas sales. And you know, <laughs> people don't, he's like, here's the problem. I can't tell you how many people I pull over, and they say, I've only had a couple beers, sir. And he's like, what kind of beers have you had? Oh, Christmas sales. Oh, okay, so you were at a restaurant. Yeah, he goes, pints 
are not one beer. No. It's like pints are, are what is it, probably one, one and a third. Yeah, one and a third. And then you're drinking Christmas ale, which back then was, now there's a million beers that are stronger than it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But back then, that was the the Mike Tyson of that beers. That was Molson Triple X. Yeah, It exactly. was about the same alcohol as Molson Triple X. Except it tasted fucking delicious. Yeah, it didn't taste like fucking rusty metal. Yeah. And I'll never forget that. When he said that to me, I was like, I never thought about it like that, actually. Yeah. Yep. You're right. Those will put you on your ass, brother. Yes, they will. What do, you, do you have a favorite? Uh, you can't really drink them anymore, but did you have a favorite uh, Christmas beer when they were around? It was did Great you? Lakes. Yeah. It was Great Lakes. Yeah, absolutely. Were you able to drink then, all uh, of the new ones, or did you get to taste a lot of those? No, there's so many I haven't tried. I tried, like, one of my favorites was uh, um, Pimp My Sleigh. That's a very good one. That was so fucking good. And my buddy at the time was one of the brewers over at Fatheads. Steve, the yep. one that's at Saucy now. Holly Jolly's great. That's a Fatheads one. Um, I didn't like that as much. Pimp My Sleigh was my shit. Holly though. Jolly uh, ver- is varies year to year pretty heavily, which is, you know, whatever. But yeah. Um, the uh, Right down here down the street, though, Collision Bend, Eight Crazy Nights. It's like nine... Point something percent. It is fucking awesome. Do you remember Black Christmas? Uh, well, that was one time, but we shouldn't talk to me again afterwards. But yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> what do you mean? By you that? were invited to the barbecue. <laughs> yes, invited to the barbecue. Christmas. <laughs> um, it's it, it's a lot like a black and tan, but with blackout stout and Christmas ale. Oh, okay. Yeah. That sounds delicious. Yeah, they were like, if I'm not mistaken, at one point they were told that they weren't supposed to make those anymore. Oh. But um, I was, uh, you know. Sort of dating gently and briefly the uh, one bartender at Great Lakes for a minute. Oh, okay. And the, that worked the basement a bunch, and she would make them for me, and I would get absolutely tanked. Uh, I thought a black <clears throat> Christmas had to do with like black and milds, and uh, <laughs> I've had that kind of Christmas. Hennessy and Dominoes, which sounds like a great <laughs> Christmas. Uh, you got anything else? Um, no, I've got a, a decent amount of shows coming up. I don't remember them Let's all hear them. off the top of my head. There's one in Amherst on September 11th, which is also my dad's birthday. Um, it's also I've, a tribute show. I've got the night before. Um, it's not a tribute show. Oh, okay. <laughs> how, thought, how dark do you think we are? <laughs> um, but I will address it. But I will address it. Put not a tribute show. <laughs> but it's just going to be about his birthday <laughs> and how he was robbed of a proper birthday in 2001. How, 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 funny, how funny would that be if you build it as a tribute, 9 11 tribute show, but the only thing it had to do was about your dad's birthday? <laughs> Born in 1957 on the shores of Lake Erie. <laughs> um, yeah, night before um, before the Bengals game, before the opener, um, I will be doing a feature set at May Halls for Secret Society. Very nice. Um, I've got like a private gig coming up in a couple weeks. I don't even know if that's open to the public, so I don't think there's any point in sharing it. Um, and then Is the one on the 11th something. one you asked me about? Westles. No, that's a different one. We also have that one. That's out in Ashland. Ashland. Um, Todd Riley, uh, who I worked with at the Roxino way back in the day, I, I mean, he remembered me and asked me to feature for him, and I need an MC, so. Oh, yeah. Are you 100% in on that? Or? I believe so. All right, just so. let me know. All right. Uh, I got nothing else. Go buy, right. go buy tickets for Wessels if they're still available. If not, bum rush the back door. 